Tonight I'm here with Tex, also known as Texas Dom. Tex, how you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing good. What's going on? Oh, same old thing. Just yeah. having to chat with you tonight. I want to first ask you about your, I guess we'll call it your entrance fee to the Manosphere. What made you come into the self-development, creating the best version of yourself? What is your backstory and your story? Man, where do I start? Um, how I got into the Manosphere was a, a friend of mine who was also a, a dominant male. We had a, a group of guys that we uh, talked to on the internet that we kind of compared notes about in this uh, Dom sub community that, that I'm a part of. And he sends me a article. I guess it was an email blast or something from Hunter Drew. And I, it was, I don't know if I remember exactly which one it was. And I'm reading, he goes, man, this guy's good. You should read this. And so I'm reading this thing. And, uh, and I'm looking at him going, man, this guy's this guy's a dom and a half. He doesn't even know it. You know, he's he's got the whole attitude down. I mean, maybe it was his email creating your slut or something like that. But uh I started reading more of his stuff. He started referring to Red Pill and Reddit. And then I started digging deeper down that particular rabbit hole and came upon um, you know, some of the the, the traditional red pill stuff. And about that time I got a, I was on Twitter because of Trump. And so, you know, I've been hanging out and doing a lot of stuff there. So I just did a quick search for Hunter Drew and bam, there he was on Twitter. Right. So um, I started following him. Next thing you know, we're doing the men of March in 2017. Um, you know, we're just, I just, like I said, I just ended up becoming friends with him and a couple of the guys he was hanging around with. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm part of this whole thing. And it just okay. probably, he's, he, he was my, uh, my entry to the, to the whole world of this thing. Now was Hunter Drew? Was he the family alpha? Was that his yeah. tag? Yeah, that was then? the family alpha. He goes by Zach Small now. He he went ahead and okay. came out of the closet. So, uh, okay. but yeah, I, he he's he was the gateway drug that uh, got me into all this bullshit. <laughs> okay, good. Now, when when you entered when you entered this with Hunter or Zach Zach Small now, um, yeah. you had some health problems, didn't you back then? Uh, dude, way before that. Um, okay. Yeah, that like 10, 12, that? Yeah, that's, I, like I said, it's, I red-pilled myself, and people don't understand that statement too well, I don't okay. think. Um, 12 years or so ago, I got an infection in my leg, a bug bite or something. I don't know what it was, uh, puncture wound of some sort, and I got flesh-eating bacteria in my leg. And, you know, you're seeing all these people right now dying of COVID, right? And why are they dying? They're dying because they have comorbidity factors, right? They're obese. They have diabetes. They've got heart disease. They've got, you know, COPD or something like that. They've got this extra things going on. And so what infection that probably would have most guys that are healthy would have shaken off. I was hundred pounds overweight and lethargic and drank too much and was miserable and everything else. And this infection took hold and, and literally I was in the hospital, uh, I don't know, 10, 14 days, something like that. Multiple surgeries. They were going to cut my leg off at one point. Wow. Um, my wife talked him out of it. My wife, God bless her. You know, we were still having, we were having trouble at the time, just trying to have a happy marriage. And, you know, she could have let me die a couple of times. She actually literally saved my life twice during all this stuff. And, um, which is really silly girl. Cause I have like a million dollar life insurance policy on me. So, you know, she must really love me. That's, that's the one thing I took away from this. Right. Um, but I got out of there. I survived that. And I said, okay, I got to start getting healthy, man. I got to start doing something right. So I started, you know, walking and just trying to eat better and running and all that kind of stuff. And then I trashed the, that same leg. I trashed my knee cause I'm 330 pounds and I'm trying to jog. And so you never know, six months later, that, that poor leg is getting operated on again. I got a total knee replacement this time on that one. And one thing led to another and just had a lot of, um, just led a lot of struggles in, in the marriage and that type of thing. And at some point I red pilled myself realizing that something's got to change, that I'm not happy. She's not happy. We still love each other. Um, life is not what it's supposed to be. Um, I could see divorce on the horizon. She could see divorce on the horizon. We were both trying real hard and button heads or nothing was working. And that's when I said, okay, fuck this. I got to start losing weight. I got to start getting in shape. And, and truthfully, I didn't do it for myself at first. I did it, you know, selfishly thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm going to have to have, you know, slim up a little bit and try to find another woman at some point. You know, this is how blue pilled I was thinking at the time. And as I went through all this stuff, 
it just, I started getting healthier and healthier and happier and started searching for things that made me happy. And then, um, you know, that kind of, kind of red pilled me to the way that I had been living my life. And the fact that I hadn't been in charge and I hadn't been doing the things I should have been doing, you know, as a man, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't taking care of my family the way I should have been. I was lazy. You know, I was just, I was pushing off responsibilities. Um, you know, it, it, it I don't know, man, it's a whole myriad of things. Low testosterone turned out to be a, an issue. Uh, so we took care of that as well. So I'd never heard of the red pill. I'd never heard of any of the, the books or anything like that. I had ended up, uh, that same friend that sent me the article had, uh, turned me on to Dr. Glover's book, no more Mr. Nice okay. guy. And that was a nice Great epiphany book. read, right. That got me in. So that's kind of how I got into, into all of this stuff. And then one thing led to another and the wife and I fixed our shit and off we went, you know, for somebody who doesn't know that's watching this now, go ahead and, yeah. and give, give your version of what it means to be red pill or red pilled. Yeah, you know, red pill, I think it's, a, it's just an awareness, man. It's just, for me, it was an awareness of how the world works. It's awareness of how relationships work with women. It's a relationship. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, an awareness for, how I view the world instead of looking at the world through this little, you know, telescope. Now it's like, I'm back. It's like all of a sudden I'm like 33,000 feet up in the air. I'm looking down. I'm seeing the whole thing. Now I'm seeing the corruption in government. I'm I mean, I, you could take red pill every different direction you want to everybody, every community has got a red pill in it. Right. Um, but I red pilled myself in terms of just fixing my own stuff and deciding that I was going to start being a man worth, worth respecting. And that, that to me is what it, what it was all about. Just understanding where I was from the macro looking down upon myself, kind of a third person, like in those video games where you create mm -hmm. the angle where you're looking down on the guy as you're playing the character. That, that was how I kind of ended up red pilling myself was to watching what I was doing instead of just letting the world react around me. I was starting to take the actions and step forward. So red pill, again, for people that don't know, is basically, I mean, I think it all, it all derived from the movie, The Matrix. Absolutely. You, know, you can take this blue pill and you can go back to the way you were, or you can take this red pill and see the world for what it really is. So that's really the version of the red pill. Now, I've noticed really since this election time that I've seen people like, I think it was Elon Musk, you know, take the red pill. I've seen, I've seen um, uh, Trump Jr. say the same thing. Take the red pill. D do you think these guys really understand the true meaning of the red pill? I, the red pill, like you said, originally goes back in the Matrix movies, right? Mm -hmm. And so, any, any most of us, I'd say, you know, ninety percent of the people walking around have seen one of the Matrix movies at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's where most people grab that reference from, um, that there, this is this world around us that we're walking through or living through is being controlled by, you know, a certain number of small number of people. And there's, there's that kind of red pill thinking, uh, there's the sexual dynamics red pill that, you yeah. know, a lot of us got to talking about, especially a couple of years ago, you know, talking about, you know, male, female sexual strategies and, all that kind of stuff. And there's some red pilling going on there. I mean, guys, once you see it, you, you, you can't unsee it, right? You know, it's not a way to live your life, but it, you know, what they say, it's not a prescription uh, mm -hmm. to fix things, but it's a, certainly a diagnosis type of thing. So mm -hmm. I don't know, man, the, the, the term has been corrupted and, and been latched onto by anybody and everybody. I mean, hell, the Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street people a couple of years ago were talking red pill, you know, mm -hmm. so Every every little group is trying to yank onto it and trying to co-opt the term. It's became kind of generic right now, I think, is what happened. Absolutely. And, yeah. I mean, to me, my original theory of the red pill was strictly to intersexual dynamics. That was my introduction to the red pill. And I have applied it to not just that, but everything in my life. And I think some people agree with that and some people don't. So I think the term red pill has been a little bit generic, especially in the past. Yeah, but I think, I think people that, that don't agree with it, I think are, 
fooling themselves to a certain degree, right? I mean, you yeah. you can deny it. Like, oh, that's not the way it is. That's not the way it is. And then you start seeing these little things. It's like, oh, crap. That's exactly what, what I, I read about it. That's what this guy with on Reddit was talking about. And you start to see it. Once, once you've read it, you start to see it. You can't unsee it, man. There's no going back to being blue pill. You exactly. can't swallow the blue pill and, and get back into the cocoon again. You're done. You know? Exactly. It has to do. I remember talking with Donovan Sharp and saying it's one thing to take the red pill, but it's another thing to digest the red pill. Mm-hmm. Because what it's going to do is things will, I think, will haunt you. Because, again, like you said, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And that can be that can be a curse in a certain to some people. To me, it was an epiphany, not a curse. To you, oh, it yeah. was an epiphany. Mm-hmm. What do you say to a guy that's rejecting red pill philosophies and red pill thinking? Oh, you know, it's that's the natural state of things, right? It's like the, the stages of grief that Kubler-Ross wrote about years ago. I mean, you're going to have denial and anger and all that other stuff that's going on. I always just tell people that are, first of all, they get angry, right? You're really, really angry about the whole thing and like they, you feel like they've been played, you know, they've been, you know, fed a lie type of thing. You just got to get them over the anger part. Right. And just tell them, just, just digest it. Just let it go. Don't be angry about it, whatever. Just keep your eyes open and recognize, you know, when, when crappy things are going on around you, you know, try to understand why they're going on around you and try to understand it in some of these terms. Cause you'll, you, you will, it'll start to make sense after a while. And it's not telling you have to hate all women or you have to, live your life a certain way or that's, that's ridiculous. It's just helps you to diagnose a situation. Then you can apply the fix and figure out what you want to do at that point. Mm-hmm. It opens, it opens your eyes is what it does. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so yeah. now on your, on the screen here, it says text, but mm-hmm. everybody knows you and a lot in the manosphere as Texas Dom. So for anybody doesn't know, but Dom means dominate i'm correct absolutely so you live what would be called with with your wife a dominant submissive relationship absolutely i think when people hear that the average person hears that i think they get triggered by it but (laughs) yeah they do the the fact (laughs) that i've heard you speak about it and i've heard you explain it so i'd like you to explain that to the audience here and let them know what like what is what is the basis of it and how did you get into it i, th- I think the first thing is when you hear dominance and submission you th- you immediately think the bdsm because those are two of the letters in bdsm dns mm-hmm. right um there's a whole lot more to it than that um i think that if a person stops and says okay what what is it exactly it's basically it, it's it's one person leading the other person following uh, that person that's following isn't a doormat. She's not abused. You know, she's not treated as a second class citizen. She's not a slave unless she wants to be for the night. Um, mm-hmm. right. But she expects you to have a solid frame as a leader. Okay. And you're supposed to make the decisions. You, you, you're the man of the house. You're supposed to make the tough decisions. And I think what it is, it's a, it, it's formalizing a relationship and giving it a term but it's something that your grandparents live, man. Your great grandparents lived. You know, it's human nature. There's always been a dominant player and a submissive player in a household. You know, it's just in the last 30 or 40 years that everybody has to be equal. And, you know, we all have to kumbaya and split the chores and do all these things. And then everybody loses the spark of polarity. You know, they're not happy anymore. They can't figure out why there's no sexual attraction because men are not being men. They're being neutered neutered men or little girls basically and women are trying to be men and no one's happy because they're not living their true lifestyle and so i think that's what we're doing we're allowing my wife is 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 saying look i want you to lead me i want you to lead this family and i want you to have this incredibly strong frame because i want to live inside your frame right it was a whole red pill thing you know years ago is like um you know you should have a, you should have this great frame but don't really let anybody know that you've got a great frame you should have this frame don't let them know that that you're pulling them into yeah. it or whatever uh, it's just the opposite here it's like i have this great frame and she's expecting me to have it if i start to lose my frame it upsets her because she wants me to be in control of what's going on now people immediately think it's sexual they are and dude, sex is amazing right it, and it's just 
that's the kinky part. That's the part where you can, you can play around and you can tie up and you can have floggers and you can do whatever you want. Never, most of the people that are watching this have probably seen 50 shades of gray at some point. It's not all that. Um, it is a, a deep connection between two people um, who emphasize trust and communication and respect and honesty. And they, and they work these pillars of this relationship to, to maximize the relationship for both people. She gets something out of it. I get something out of it. And we're both can be insanely happy. And like anybody else, when you have the ups and downs and, and things start to get a little rough, you have this framework to fall back on. You have this set of rules. You have this expected behaviors. You can remind somebody that, hey, we're not speaking in respectful tones. I'm not or you're not. And we can fall back under this framework. And so we course correct so much more quickly than we used to. Uh, it's literally saved our marriage. You know, we were, we're 30 something years married now. And uh, I can say at about year 25 or so, we were about to be split. So it's, it's pretty amazing. And I, people get a bad, I, I get people on Twitter that, that hit, blow me up on DMs and tell me how I'm abusing my girl and how, you know, I've got a little dick and how I've got, you know, I just, all these little things that they come out with, right. Cause they don't understand the lifestyle and they just think they're holier than thou and that this is abuse or whatever. And it's, it's just the opposite. You know, she's my greatest possession. I treat her, I treat her incredibly well. And she treats me incredibly well because we both know that the door swings both ways. We both know that we were, we were close to the brink of disaster and we, neither one of us wanted it. Neither one of us ever stopped loving each other. And so we're able to use this framework to get our course corrected. And we know that we have to bring our a game at all times. Not always. Right. Sometimes mm -hmm. somebody's sick, somebody, you know, but, but we strive to have our a game all the time. And that's, that's what kind of keeps it all together. So everybody thinks it's just wild and crazy sex. And yeah, it can be, but we're monogamous, man. We're not having this guy said, Oh, you're, you're having orgies every weekend. I'm like, really? No one told me, <laughs> you know, I mean, Hey, I I'm, I'm open, I'm open-minded and all that, but I don't share my girl. Right. I mean, I'm, yeah. we're monogamous. She's my greatest prize, my greatest treasure. Why would I want to give her to some other guy? It just doesn't work that way. You know, people don't and, understand. And I, and I think yeah. too, when somebody does hear, I mean, I, I, I was guilty of it myself when I hear dominant submissive relationship, you deep, it automatically brings your mind to a, a sexual thought. Absolutely. Okay. But what, what you're telling me is that dominant submissive is really a, the natural order of men and women. Absolutely. Yeah, it true? really is. It, uh, yeah. It's been that way since cavemen, right? You know, cavemen were dominant, went out, you know, and, and protected the clan and killed the animals and brought them home when the women took care of the kids and, and kept the home nice and kept things going, you know. So I, I allow my wife to be herself, man. She can go out and plant flowers. She can go bake cookies. She can go color crayons with the grandkids. She can do whatever she wants to and, and explore her femininity and not have to try to compete with me to wear the pants in the family. She's happier not having to do that. You know, because years ago I was messing up and, you know, women are amazing, absolutely amazing in their, in their ability to pick up the ball and run with it when their man is totally screwed up, you know, cause they're going to keep their kids fed. They're going to do whatever they got to do to make sure the whole thing doesn't just completely fall apart and they're miserable doing it, but they're going to do it because you're, you're not going to be the man you're going to force. You're going to abdicate the throne as King. You're going to force the queen to start to try to be King. And, they get miserable and they hate you for it. You know, they, they don't maybe overtly say it at first, but trust me, they just get sick of it. So uh, we just got through, got finished butting heads with each other and trying to fight for who was going to control. She said, okay, look, I'm giving you control. Don't fuck up, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. handle it. You know? Yeah, that's good. I mean, as men, we should be in control, but the way you're describing it, when any of these words trigger people, control, dominance those are all trigger words but mm -hmm. we do have a natural order i mean we really do as men i think most women really do want to be led but when the guy gives up control like you said that's when the issues start when we get lazy when we get fat when we when we don't pay attention to oh sorry where you're where you're you know everybody has their needs you know so as a, as a, as a, say a, a, a dominant 
how do you take care of your wife's needs? Oh, you know, I, in, I make in general. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really worried. I'm worried. I'm really. I concern myself with her emotional needs. Right. I mean, I women are big balls of emotions, and they don't always want you to fix stuff. They want you to listen. So, you know, I, my my goal is to try and 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 really listen to her really well and figure out where she's coming from and take her advice. She's smart as a whip. She's a very successful business person. Um, she can read people better than I can. I'll get into a business situation with my job and I'm in a, I'm in this group dynamic thing going on and I'll run it by her. So what do you think's going on here? And she'll invariably every single time, tell me exactly whose motivation is what, and she's, she's good at diagnosing these things. Right. So, but I'm, I'm diverging, but my, my thing to meet her needs, it could be, it's physical stuff. Yeah, I got to you know, make sure that the electricity bills are paid, the yards mowed and all, you know, that's just, that's just what all guys are supposed to do, right? Just do your stuff, handle your stuff. But from an emotional perspective, supporting her and her choices and what she wants to do in life, listening to her worries and her fears, because trust me, man, it's the freaking COVID thing. You know, it has just wound her up and every other woman that I know, you know, it just wound them up. A lot of them, you know, because there's the concern, the anxiety and the tension and what's going to happen. And oh my God, you know, the sky is falling. You know, I just saw some CDC stat, right? The people my age, I'm in my fifties and so is she, right? And so people in their fifties basically have a 99.5 or 6% survival rate. If you catch it, you know, it's really not that as bad as everybody's saying it is, but her emotional state on this whole thing has been a mess, man. So I'm having to get clued in, having to really listen to what's going on with her, having to reassure her, having to let her know that I'm prepared. I may not know what's coming down the line, but she can, she can rest assured that whatever's going to happen, I'm going to make a great decision that I'm prepared at the house, you know, whether it's supplies or money or ammunition or whatever. Right. Um, whatever happens, we're going to be okay. You know, and that's, that's the thing. So, um, those are the needs I think that, that she, she needs met. It's really emotional, you know? Yeah. My, my brother always says women don't want to be the rock. They want you to be the rock. Let's say a man wants to talk to you about a Dom sub lifestyle. How do you approach that subject with him? It depends on, on where he's trying to come from. An angle is, <clears throat> If he's simply trying to spice up his sex life and do something in the bedroom, then, um, you know, there's some definite things that he can do in that regard. Um, taking more control in the bedroom, not asking her what she wants, you know, pinning her down a little bit, being a little more aggressive and that type of thing. Because a lot of times that's what guys are asking about. How do, how do I get her to be more more submissive in the bedroom? How can I How can I be more dominant? So there's definitely some things you can do there. Other guys come at it with, Hey, you were able to fix your marriage, man. I really want to fix my marriage. And I think this might be work, might work for me too. The biggest issue with that is my wife brought this idea to me, right? So here we have two people that are saying, yeah, let's explore this. This seems like a great idea. And we're both working at it together because we both want to fix things. So some guys are in this bad situation relationship and they're trying to fix it, but they're the only one doing any work. And their their girl's not wanting to do any work, and she's already mentally checked out. And at that point, it may be too little, too late, kind of thing. Um, but it's worth it's worth having a conversation with her over. You know, you say, "Hey, I've I've been reading up on this kind of stuff, and I thought maybe this is kind of like the way our grandparents used to live. Maybe not all the kinky sex and all that, but just you know, just me leading, you following, and and us living a more traditional. You can, I don't want to go down the whole trad con thing, but it's it's a very traditional lifestyle, man. It's a very, very much so. Um, and I, I just try to help them figure out wh- what are they trying to accomplish and where do they want to go? And sometimes in that situation where he's, he's wanting to fix it and she's kind of half checked out. I'm like, you know, dude, the only thing you can do is be more dominant in, in your interactions with her in the world. Um, you start doing all the red pill stuff basically, right? You start taking care of yourself. You start going to the gym, you start eating right. Um, you start not being a whiny little bitch and begging for sex. Um, you know, if she's not giving you any or whatever, turn around, go to the gym, walk away, go do something else, go find a hobby. Um, you know, it's all those, those things you have to do to improve as a man. 
is how you take that first step in becoming a dominant. Because I think every every man out there's probably got some sort of dominant deep down inside of him anyway. He just hasn't figured out how to let it loose yet. So you do all those things. You take care of your 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 responsibilities. You you treat your body right. You treat her right, even though you, she you may not think she's deserving of being loved and all that. You love her anyway, but you don't. You're, you're no longer her servant. If you've been subservient to her, you got to stop that shit. You know, you have to, mm-hmm. if you're worried about everything you say or do and how she's going to react or fly off the handle, that's no way to live. You have to quit worrying about that. You just almost have to like, okay, just pretend like I'm single. How would I, how would I act right now if I was single? What would I be doing here? Um, you know, a lot of guys are in roommate situations with their wives, you know, it's a, it's, it's a sad state of affairs, but uh, if she's not wanting to, work on improving things, the whole Dom sub thing probably is going to be rejected summarily when you bring it up to her. So you got to kind of phase it in kind of slowly. And I think a lot of that would begin in the bedroom. You know, if you are able to have sex at some point and, you know, having sex like it's your last time on the planet, you know, and leaving her bow leg and weak and walking away mm-hmm. and wondering what the hell just happened, you know, and, and taking what you desire, taking what's yours, enjoying yourself and whether she gets off or not is not what you're going to sit there and worry about for the next half hour hour however long you're in there you just take care of you and 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 that's not being selfish it's just this is what i'm here for i you're the object of my desire and i'm going to have you and and she feels ravished used and very feminine and very beautiful when it's all said and done so there's things you can do there. Um, but if you start, you know, you pull out the 50 shades movie and say, man, I was reading about this stuff and, and y'all are having marriage problems and you pull out the 50 shades movie. That's probably not going to help, you know, but I do, people do it, you know, they, they do it. So, um, yeah. Which weighs more in this type of lifestyle? Is it, is it the sexual part? or No, nah, no. Nah, the, the, the sex is easy, man. The sex is yeah. freaking easy. You know, if you've especially been married a while, you know what gets her off and, and, and you start exploring other things. The sex part is just taking control in the bedroom is, is, is very natural to a lot of people. Um, maybe not so much to some guys, but, you know, you can you can figure it out and start, you know, quit worrying about being a nice guy and just just be a beast. And, you know, that, that part. But but the leadership yeah. part, maintaining your frame, man, that's that's the part. That's the 24 seven part. That's the part where. You know, you got to work at that stuff. You know, it's really easy to, to have a bad day and decide you're going to blow up at her. You know, she says something and you're just pissed off at the world. And next thing you know, you're not watching what you're saying. And, you know, and submissives are very needy, very, very needy. Once, you know, the currency you have to spend with them is your time and your attention. And they want it all, man. They want it all. So, you know, like right now she's in there watching TV and she knows that I'm, I'm t- I made time to come out here and have this conversation and she never questions that she never gives me any grief about it, but I can guarantee you she's waiting for me to get done here in an hour or so and come back in. Right. Cause she wants my full attention and, and she wants, she wants that. And that's okay because she gives back to me in her ways as well. So um, the leadership part is the part where you, you just don't want to crush them. I mean, you start snapping back at them and stuff. That's the old way, man. We don't do that trap anymore. We, we burned our ships, man. We're Cortez, right? We burned the ships mm-hmm. at, at the coast and there's no going back to Spain, man. We're done. This is, this is how we're going to live our lives. If this doesn't work, we're divorcing period. And she knows it and I know it and we, and we embrace it and uh, we love each other even more for it. So yeah, to answer now, your question, you ask me what time it is. I tell you, I'll make a clock, you know? Okay. <laughs> now, Sorry. now you're, I believe you're writing a book and I am. what, what is the basis of this book? Obviously it's going to be uh, a, what we're talking yeah, about now, but is there yeah. anything, anything that you can kind of give us a little cheater on? Yeah, I get I get asked all the time. Hey, man, is there a good book on Amazon, or is there is, give me a good reference material on that, or websites or whatever? There's some good stuff, sorta, but it's all sex based. It seems like everything I run across is it's all about you know how to how to have a scene with your wife in the bedroom and creative, and it's all sex this and sex that. And trust me, like I said, the sex is the icing on the cake on this whole deal. It's it's definitely amazing. 
and and mind-boggling at times but it's it's the reward's far greater than just that so not having any good links not having any good places to send people i have a couple but it's it's limited right um I decided I'm just going to write my own. I got all these people asking me all these questions and I type out these long freaking direct messages back to them. And I thought, you know, let's take some of this stuff and let's go ahead and put it into a book. Let's categorize it into some chapters and make it short, make it easy to digest. Don't make it anything long. And I, I really thought I was going to have it ready to go here for uh 21 con here next month. Mm-hmm. But then somebody introduced me to this, this guy that does ghost writing stuff and the best way to say things on, on the internet, Twitter. And it was like how to rethink how you write and all this stuff. And so um, that is a bit addicting. And so now I've gone back and started re-editing some of these chapters and looking at it from a readability standpoint and trying to, trying to actually make it something worth somebody's time to read. And I think it was pretty good, but I think I can make it a lot better. And so instead of trying to, Sort of trying to get done with it and have it and say, oh, yeah, I got this book, blah, blah, blah. You know, I want to I want it to be the right book. I don't care when it comes out because it's going to mm-hmm. be me. It's going to be part of my story, part of how we fix some things, some tips on things that that we found that work good for us, along with some of the basics and just kind of blend the whole thing together. And like I said, not make it, you know, 700 pages, make it something mm-hmm. that somebody can digest in a short period of time. Yeah, because I, you know, again, I'll go back to where, again, when somebody hears dominant submissive, it automatically triggers a response that it's sexual. And from the way you're explaining it to me right now, that's, like you said, that's the icing on the cake. That's the reward of, should I call it a reward? I mean, is that a, is of, of your lifestyle? Ah, the reward. Yeah, reward sounds like you're trying to earn something, right? I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's it's just the uh, it's the fulfillment. It's the yeah. it's the bonus. It's That's the uh, yeah. I, don't, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I trust me. I'm a, I'm thinking the same way you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just there's just so much there. I mean, you know, we we talk about gaming our wives. We talk about gaming our girlfriends. We talk about you know, sex with your wife starts when you get up in the morning right? You may not, you're not having sex till 9 PM that night, but it started when you woke up. You just don't know it. She knows it. Right. (laughs) So, um, when we're living this Dom sub lifestyle and we're living, we're, we're allowing ourselves to, we're allowing each other as well to live their desired role in this relationship. And we have set roles on how we do things and who we are and how we interact with the world. And, it starts then it starts with how we wake up and we talk about relationship or we're having coffee or we're, we're talking about the world. We always shift back and talk about us for a while. And it's the attention that you spend that I spend with her that leads us to that 9 PM event, that type of thing. So it's, um, it's just having a solid marriage, man. And people, people look at it like it's some derangement or something. And, you know, whatever you do in the bedroom behind closed doors, I could care less. I mean, I don't care who you are, or what mm-hmm. you're doing, man. It's none of my business. I just don't care. Um, guy, guy, girl, guy, guy, girl, 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 guy, girl, whatever. I just don't care, man. Uh, <laughs> close your door and lock it, man. I think I coming in. Um, so people get so hung up because, you know, there might be, God love them. Fifty Shades of Grey fucked a lot of people up right? Because the characters are all screwed up. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy's way extreme. Uh, it's not how the lifestyle really is at all, but it was the kind of chick porn that led to one of the best selling paperback books ever led to making a lot of money on movies. It, it did one thing that I thought was cool is that it brought the whole lifestyle into the public eye a little bit more and made it a little more acceptable. And people were started to explore it and think about it and talk about it a little bit more, which is good. But it also set up a unrealistic um, example of a dynamic that I just, it's just unrealistic. It's just not, you know, we don't all have penthouses and helicopters and, you know, we, there was, there's some titillating stuff in there, this, that, and the other. If you like that kind of stuff, great. You're going to, you're going to love that. But there are people that just live this lifestyle that, don't even know what the name of it is. They don't know what it is. They just, it's how they live their marriage, you know? But let me ask you a question. What does that tell you that a movie like 50 shades? And I think there wasn't there like sequels also, I believe. Three of them, yeah. 
Yeah. So what does that tell you when all these women are lining up and buying these books? What is that? What is the? What does that tell you about these women? It's telling me that feminism has failed them. It tells me that living their lives, having to be equal with their spouses, equal with men, trying to be men and break the glass ceiling and all that other crap is not that fulfilling. You know, they're, they're reaching out for something else. Listen, women, come on, man. Women read romance novels. Like, like that's, that's the market, right? That's a huge market. If a guy could ever figure out how to write a romance novel and do it really well, he's set for life. Um, so this is another another variant of a, of a romance novel. It's kind of funny. We were we were still in the bad old days of our marriage, and uh, I was I, I had downloaded Fifty Shades. I, I figured we were about to divorce. It was getting close, and I downloaded it onto my iPad. Of course, I didn't want anybody to know I had the book, right? And I'm laying in bed and I'm reading it, and she walks in. She's like, "What are you reading?" I'm like, Fifty Shades." She's like, I can't believe you're reading that trash, you know. She stomped off into the other room or whatever. It was just, I, I had to figure it out, right? There's millions of women buying this book and rubbing one out at night reading it, <laughs> right? And so I got to figure out why. I mean, come on, there's something going on here. Like you said, there's something happening here. And I'm just a dumb old white guy here in Texas. And I, I want to figure this out because I might be back in that dating pool here real soon. And it'd be kind of nice to know what's going on in, in some of these women's heads. And like I say, one thing led to another, and, and now we're kind of we're living a very tame and modified version of that, and just happy, just enjoying, you know, getting through getting through life and having fun along the way. So. Good. Well, let's switch gears a little. To you are a speaker at twenty one. Now you've spoke three times, and yes. you you're a, a major the majority of your speech, especially the first speech was about a dominant sub-lifestyle. But you also speak about masculinity and being a man. So give me your take on that. And the reason I'm going to ask you that is because we had talked earlier and your 2018 speech, and that was your first speech, the first time I saw you speak. Now, at the end of that speech, I don't choke up much, but I felt myself choking up. One of the things you said that really, really hit me hard and you were talking about men reaching out to other men. And I believe, I'm going to paraphrase you here, but I believe what you said is when you have to throw a man that rope, you throw a man that rope, but also that man has to grab onto that rope. And that right there to me was real important, what you said. So tell me about that and tell me what you mean when you said that. It's it's part of the mission, right? We always talk about Men have to find a mission in life, man. You got to have something to live for. It can't be your woman. It can't be your job. It just needs to be something that that makes you better at being you, something that benefits the world, maybe something that's just a, a mission that keeps you driven. And one of the things that I figured out um, getting into this whole manosphere thing was that there's a lot of younger guys that didn't have dads, or their dads were either missing, or they were AWOL, or you know they just were shitty dads. Or, or mom, you know, they were single mom situations, that kind of thing. And so I found myself being one of the older guys there. And as far as like in Twitter and, and in the manosphere stuff, and, and, and now with the fraternity of excellence and some of the things that I'm doing there, um, you find yourself kind of being the, the, the old geezer, you know, even at, you know, mid fifties at the time. And I'm, I'm the old guy. Right. But that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but what I realized is the mission is to help these guys. And whether it's, you're another 50 year old guy and you're, and you're struggling in your marriage, man, I've been there. I walked that walk. I've stepped in every one of those potholes. I know exactly where you're coming from and I can hopefully try to help. And the younger guys, maybe you can avoid these potholes, man. Maybe you don't have to have that, that shitty couple of years of marriage. Like I did, you know, maybe you can explore some different angles and some different thoughts. So it's always said, you know, we throw ropes, man. We can't pull you up. We won't pull you up. I don't have enough yeah. energy and time to pull everybody up. But by God, man, I'm going to hold that rope. I'm going to hang on to that rope at the top of that hole. All you got to do is climb. I'm not going to let it rope fall. You got to climb. You got to put in the work. And I think where I got a little, honestly, I got a little choked up at the end of that talk as well because it, uh, all the emotions come flooding out of you. And uh, something about, um, you know, I do this because because men are important and men are not getting this. And, and by God, you know, you have a responsibility to leave here and do the same. 
you know, because it's not just, you know, those other men are important, but you're one of those other men. You're important too, you know, and you're important to me. And so that's why, why we do what we do. Uh, yeah, I mean, that talk was, was, was amazing fun for me. It was nerve wracking because it's the first time I'd done anything in the manosphere like that. And the lights are pounding you in the face and, and you can't see anybody, you know, and, and my eyes don't work so good anyway. So I had the young man with the little, with a little, uh, iPad with a count, you know, the clock timer, I had to move it closer to me because I can't see the damn thing, you know, it's too far away. And, and it's kind of nerve wracking, but you're up there, you got your slides as a crutch, you know, you can, oh, excuse me. You got your slides as a crutch and you can, you can work on, on, you know, keeping pacing your speech by looking at your slides and all that kind of stuff. But at the end, man, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, this is all good information. This is all cool stuff. This is kind of how I saved my marriage. And so all this stuff that, that people have asked me about and want to hear, but there's also some other things that I want to tell you guys here at the end. So I think the last 10 minutes or so was, was things about get out there and travel and see the world and do these things. And, and take care of your bodies and, and exercise and all these other things I wanted to tell everybody for so long. And that last part was, you know, you've been armed with all of this incredible knowledge. 2018 was an amazing event, man. There was, there was so, so many truth bombs being dropped for four straight days. And I was the last guy up on the fourth day. And so I had all these things, man, that I've been sitting in the back of the room getting bombarded by. I didn't miss a talk the whole time. And I'm just, I'm just getting slammed all day long. Oh man, how can I, how can I do this? How can I do this better? How can I do this better? And all this kind of stuff. And so at the end, it's like, this is what we're here for. You have, you're armed with all of this knowledge. You got to go do something with it now. You know, you can't just, okay, file that away and go home and just go back to watching football and drinking beer on the couch and not taking care of your family or not taking care of your life or letting your job piss away or, you know, being a drunk or whatever use this knowledge we've given you, man. If you're in a hole, here's a rope. You've had four days of guys throwing ropes to you. Crawl your ass out of that hole. What are you waiting on? We're all standing up here waiting on you. Get up here. You know, we're here. Come on. I ain't going to pull you up. You know, another guy uh, was talking about, you know, hey man, I've got, I've got loops on my backpack. Just grab onto one because I'm trucking, you know, hold on tight. Just grab on, come along for the ride kind of thing. So, um, I, that's you know, I, I love 21 con because it's, it's getting guys together. That's the fun. It's the fun at, at the pool, you know, smoking pipes and cigars and mm-hmm. stuff and hanging out and having dinner and talking in the hallways and all that. But the reality of it is all these speeches hit YouTube, man. They're all free at some point. They're all going to, they're all out there. And those, those speeches don't go away. They're, they're there forever. Um, so, you know, somebody can go back and look up my talk from 2018 that we're talking about right now. It's there. It's, it's live. Yeah. You can go find it anytime you want to. Um, and that's the beauty of 21 con man, because it's all this stuff. Yeah. It's expensive or whatever, but we stay in nice places. We, we like, we'd like to do nice stuff. Right. So it's all there for free for you at some point. Anyway, if you can't make it. So, you know, be sure and, and go to the 21 studios channel, 21 university, or, you know, go to the, you find them on YouTube. You can subscribe for cheap, to the private site. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's just so much great. And then what we did patriarchy was the next one in, in May of 2019. Mm-hmm. And that was just for fathers and guys that want to be fathers and all that. And that was an amazing time. It was completely, it wasn't completely different from 2018, but it was, it was a, an offshoot of it. Right. And it was a, it was a focused of the focused event for, for that topic. It didn't get into every crazy thing that we talked about in 2018. It just kind of focused it down on some, on the, on the parenting and the fatherhood and the patriarchy stuff. So, I mean, like I said, these, these, and what the heck, Anthony's pulling three events together at the same time in a couple of weeks. Good Lord. You know? Yeah. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be an incredible <laughs> event. I really do. I'm looking forward to it. You know, can you yeah. give anybody a, a glimpse into what you're going to be talking about? At this uh, next convention? Um, well, um, at the Patriarch one, I will not be delving into Dom sub stuff. It okay. will definitely be be fatherhood and things that I wish 30-year-old me had known type of thing. So I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna kind of do a little time travel. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Are you speaking just at Patriarch or 21 also? Uh, 22 and, and Patriarch. And then I am, I am not scheduled to be on the stage for the, the main 21 con event. Uh, at this okay. point, I'm, I'm doing two out of three. So you're speaking at 22. So 
yep. got to tell me about the mansplaining event of the century. What what are your plans when you speak to women? Um, my plan is to tell them the story, man. It's to it's to tell them the 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 emotional connection that the lifestyle can bring. Tell them that there's another way. It's not a mandatory way, but there's an alternative way to think about living your life. So with the name Texas Dom, you got a pretty good idea of what I'm gonna be talking about to them. Right. Yeah. Um, but respectfully and not delving into a bunch of crazy sex and stuff, but just to hopefully speak their language, you know? Yeah. Maybe take a vote on see who has hands raised, who has seen 50 shades of gray. That might be a good way to start. <laughs> Every freaking one of them probably, you know? So I don't know, man, it's going to be fun. Like I said, I, I, I like to tell stories. And so, uh, it'll be story time with Tex. Okay. Is your son coming to this one? No, he's uh, pursuing his master's right now, and he can't he okay. can't pull away this time. Okay. Okay. Well, Tex, listen, I think you've really explained kind of the Dom sub lifestyle. I mean, even though I thought I knew what it was about, and, but I think this explanation you gave was a little more in depth than I've heard you talk about in a while. So I don't yeah. think it's, I think it, it, I think it's, to me, it sounds like more of like a, just a real solid leadership role is what it sounds like to me. It is that, um, in my particular instance, it was, my wife was throwing us a lifeline. I mean, she was miserable too. Right. And, and she was researching how to be happy and trying to figure out what was going on in her own head and her own heart. And that's when she came up with this uh, Christian women's submission. It was like a TV show thing going on for a, a very short period of time. And this, and a couple of websites that she'd stumbled onto. And like I said, she dropped that bomb on me. I thought she was fixing to say, hey, it's time. I think it's time to separate. And then she turned around to me and, and while we're driving and said, Hey, I think I, I'm a submissive. I'd like you to be my dominant. And you know, the first thing I'm thinking of is, Oh yeah, sure. Perfect. Yeah. Let's do it. And I got no idea what I'm agreeing to, right? But it was a lifeline. It was, okay, I want this to work. She wants this to work. She's got a good idea, I think. Let's go ahead and research this and figure out if it's going to work. So I got to give her a lot of credit. I mean, you know, it's, we, we have a strong marriage because we both give a damn. And so even when things weren't going great, we still both loved each other and wanted this whole thing to work. And, you know, that's the story I like to tell uh, because there is hope. You know, divorce rates are rampant in this country and they always, and God bless COVID. COVID is definitely increasing the, uh, you know, the, the divorce rates. Everybody having to be in the same house with each other for a couple of months, you know, and they weren't quite used to all that. But, uh, you know, there is, a, there is a way to save this if you really want it to save, if you want to save it, you, know, you don't have to bail on it. And, and that's, that's, that's a big part of what I, what I try to help folks with is to realize that there is, there is another way of doing these things. You don't have to just jettison and throw everything away. You know? Let's say, let's say a woman now is watching this video and she's interested in that submissive Dom lifestyle. Is there somebody that she can reach out to? Yeah. You know, she can always um, reach out to my girl via email. Uh, my girl had a site going for a while. She took it down for a little bit, trying to streamline a few things. And she's been working through some health issues. And so that the, the website wasn't the highest priority uh, right now, but I think it will be at some point. But uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody gets on uh, texasdom.com and emails me, I have women that email me, not all the time, you know, when I act like I'm that, that important, but I do get these emails uh, on occasion. And what I do is, is I respectfully forward them over to her. You know, I, I let the girl know, I said, Hey, I, you know, I'll reply back and I'll copy a CC my wife. And I said, I think, you know, my, my sub is probably a better person to help you and answer these questions. And then I just turn it over to her and let her talk girl to girl. Cause I kind of have that, that whole Mike Pence rule. I don't catch my, I don't get caught talking to women privately. I just don't do it. Okay. Um, okay. No, I mean, we're, we're at the point in our marriage, man, where I can just give my wife my cell phone, right? I walk away for five hours. I don't worry about anything she reads, right? Mm -hmm. I guarantee you there's men and women watching this thing right now that would shudder at the thought of handing their spouse her cell phone and walking away because you're fucking up and you're not acting right, right? Take it from grandpa here, okay? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, you know, you know, you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. You're talking and flirting with people you shouldn't be talking and flirting to, you know, fix your stuff. If you want to step outside like that, go ahead and divorce first and then step outside and do your playtime. Right. But if you get to the point where you can hand your spouse your phone and walk away and not freak out about it, you're probably at a pretty good spot in your marriage or your LTR, you know. So, yeah, I get a little wound up about that. But um, trust me, it's it's a it's a it's a peaceful freaking feeling knowing that I'm who I am, who I say I am. And I, I, my actions don't contradict that. So I don't have private conversations with women just because that's temptation that uh, never turns out well for a married man, you know? Mm -hmm. So, well, how can everybody find you now? You did mention this. What is it again? It's texasdom.com T E X A S D O M.com. Um, I've got a little YouTube thing that I don't, I don't do much on right now. I haven't lately, um, been trying to finish the book and all that. Um, but that's, I'm on Twitter at Texas Dom numeral one, Texas Dom one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. So, okay. Well, Tex, I appreciate your time tonight and you have given me and everybody else a lot of information on a dominant submissive lifestyle. It's not what everybody thinks it is. And I hope this really kind of brought some perspective to what what you have going on in your life and how you can help people. Yeah, I, ho- I hope it has because I mean, I, I really do. It's better than what you think it is. If you, if you don't really know what it is, I'm here to tell you it's better than what you think it is on first glance. Take a few minutes to explore and figure out what it's really all about. Maybe it's good for you. Maybe it's not, right? It's not going to be a, a prescription for every single person out there. But there's going to be a handful of couples that this is going to save their marriage. And so it's it's worth looking into. I'll leave it at that. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Again, I appreciate your time, Tex. And I'm I'll glad we can make at, this happen. Yeah, I'll see you at 21 in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. I'll be there. Okay. Thanks for your Take time. Care. I appreciate it. You're welcome.